I'm going in search of witches. Witches? Witches. I guess you found me out, huh? Yeah. You should come around here on Halloween. You'd really see something then. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we all jump off the roof and fly. You know, sort of like a coven. We were placed fester under some strange sexual spell. And what time will we be spellcasting? Hey there, witches, and welcome to Moonstone Witchery, the podcast where we talk about witchcraft and spirituality in a modern context. My name is Rian Lockard, and I am the head witch here at Moonstone Witchery, and I am so happy to have you with me today. Y'all know where you can find me. Search Moonstone Witchery literally anywhere, and there I am. Um, I do want to tell you to come join me in my academy, though. Super affordable, uh, $27 a month, and you will get into the group Um and it's beta version right now where you're going to be learning literally everything that I have to teach. And I'm plugging this a little bit hard right now because y'all know I strive to make my work accessible and affordable. But I'm also running like this massive business over here and some things are shifting in the near future. So I want you to get in while the getting's good and join me there because I don't know what changes are on are on the horizon, but I do know that changes are on the horizon. So come and join me over there. Um, The Witchcraft Academy is such an awesome, it's like my baby. It's like my little love project. It's like everything. So that's my, that's my spiel for right now. Okay. Let's talk about something. Let's, what do you want to talk about? (laughs) No, I know what we're going to talk about. Um, I want to talk about the law of attraction. I'm actually surprised by myself that I don't already have a podcast episode about this. Maybe I do and I just don't know about it. So if that's the case, oh, well, hang with me and let's see what comes out differently. But I really don't think that I actually have um, much said or articulated on this. Partially that's because like, the law of attraction stuff is kind of old. Like it's been out for a minute. Um, it was circulating around probably like 10 years ago. But one thing I've noticed from being in an abundance of witchcraft and spirituality groups is there is some misinformation and there is some massive misunderstandings about how the law of attraction works. And even if it's old, it's still super relevant and pertinent and important. So I figured I'd go ahead and share my teaching, um, what I've received from my guides, what I've received from my studies, and what I just know to be so based on um, gestures broadly, all the things about my life. In case you don't remember where I'm coming from and who I am, I'm being prompted by my guides to share some background just briefly, and I mean briefly for real, uh, on on all that so you can put me into context. My background is um, I've been a multi-certified life coach in private practice since I was young. I was actually the youngest, I really think, and I don't have this verified. This is not a fact, but I'm pretty positive. I was like one of the youngest life coaches ever to be um, certified in the country because I became a life coach when no one knew what a life coach even was. Um, I started my journey 
I was taught the first time, my, my first certification over the phone. And I promise like I existed when the internet existed, but it wasn't the same in like the early 2000s. It wasn't like this. So I had to do my learning over the phone. I had to fly in for these really intensive weekend workshops all the time. I had to record my calls and send actual cassette tapes, which were even outdated at the time when I was doing it, but it was the only method we had at the time, to my mentor. They had to listen to them and like grade me on them. And this is like a long time ago. So I'm telling you this because I've been in private practice for forever, um, working with clients one-on-one -on, -one on their self-work and their healing. And now I've always had a spiritual component to my work because I've always also been a psychic medium and a psychic intuitive and reading energy. So I've always been doing intuitive coaching along with the life coaching that I've been doing. I used to have um, a foundation. My, my practice used to be based in um, supporting people out of you know, intensely um, abusive or toxic relationship dynamics. And I have had so many requests for talking about narcissism in the family unit, and I am going to address it. So that is on my list of podcast topics to talk about. I've also been doing professional readings for over a decade, and um, I've been a practicing witch for a thousand years, probably legitimately. <laughs> like if we look at the past lives, like it's probably legitimately a thousand years, um, but it feels like a thousand years in this lifetime too. Do you ever stop and wonder how many lifetimes you've lived in this one current lifetime? Like how many lives, how many versions of yourself you've been, and those versions have had their own like very vivid and real lives about themselves, but then you've done self-work or changed or grown or gotten out of a relationship or a career or a family situation. And now you're this like different version of yourself. And sometimes I like to reflect on all the lives I've lived in this one life. And I'm like, no wonder I'm exhausted. <laughs> or like really what I want you to do when you're in that reflection space though, is to be like, oh my God, I'm so awesome. Look at all the things I've accomplished. Cause we forget, we forget to inventory our own life with the scope of like, maybe I'm not so bad or like, maybe I can validate all that I've overcome. Like we forget to look at ourselves and be like, yeah, I did that. Like, yes, I'm amazing. So friendly reminder to spend a little time as we're trying to carve a pathway forward for ourselves. Some of that excavation of a new path and some of that creation of the life you want is contingent upon being able to turn and look behind you and see where you've been and all that you've accomplished and all the tools you've acquired in those accomplishments and to let yourself know that maybe you're doing a way better job than you think. Just some food for thought. Okay, so back when the Law of Attraction started, there was this book and it was by Rhonda Burns, I believe is how we say her name. Bynes. I'm not positive. And this book is called The Secret. Now, The Secret's not the first of its kind because before The Secret, there was like um, the whole Abraham Hicks, like Esther Hicks thing, where in these people were channeling information from spiritual entities and it was all about the law of attraction and what the secret did was it modernized some of that but if we even look back further there's this book called a course in miracles now i have a love hate 
relationship. Listen, this is one of the reasons everyone's always like, oh, my God, please direct me to a book I can read. This is a harder question to answer than you think. Um, number one, because the nature of my personal um, neurodivergence and ADHD, it makes it really hard for me to just like answer things clearly. In case you hadn't noticed, I can be a little wordy and go off on tangents and add a lot of caveats to things. Um, that's true with me recommending books because a lot of times books have little helpful moments, but then the whole entirety of the package is like needs some refining or some caveats or some context or some outright ignoring. So A Course in Miracles is one of those. A Course in Miracles is super old. But it's like this book that gives you like a lesson every day for 365 days. If you do buy it, buy the teacher's version because it really helps to deepen the lessons and the understandings. It's this big, giant, heavy blue book. And the problem with it is that it is just drowning in like monotheistic, misogynist language. And it's like flowery language from like you know, the 1900s in the middle of the century. It's like excessively wordy and challenging probably for many people to be like, what are you actually saying though? Like, just say it, <laughs> like, you know? Um, but so the problematic part is the monotheism first and foremost, then the misogyny secondarily. Um, but they're close. They're, they're pretty close to each other in, in terms of being problematic. The good side is that there are actually revolutionary thoughts happening in that book that I don't see in other places. Um, things that are like, you know, m my thoughts just are. There is no context to them. Um, the objects in my spaces are simply objects. There is no moral value about them. And all of that is true, but nobody is stopping to talk to us about the fact that we assign this inherent morality to things and we utilize that inherent morality assignment to like decide whether we're doing a good job within our lives or not, which is a really convoluted way of thinking about things. But that is not the topic of this podcast. And I am working hard to stay on track today because number one, I have a timeline. Um, I have to actually stop recording at a certain time today. And number two, y'all, I have received so much feedback about my recent podcast episode on hexing in which I spent like literally 50 minutes, like not actually talking about hexing. Now I will stand by myself because I really do believe that everything that I was talking about is so relevant to the con the misunderstanding around negative energy um, which is a hex is negative energy in concentrated form. So yeah, like it's all pertinent and relevant, but maybe could have gotten there faster. Who knows? Law of attraction is, so it was the secret came out and everyone was like, Oh my God, thoughts create things. And what is within us will create what's external to us. This is like such a big thing. And it is such a big thing, but when the law, when the secret came out, they did a video or like a DVD or whatever it was. I wonder if it's somewhere. I bet it's somewhere that you can like watch it streaming like somewhere now. But 
they did this whole thing. <clears throat> and when you watched it, it was like, it was like, a, it was like an infomercial for capitalism. And this is where it all went so sideways because it was like, you can have, the, it was like this woman with this like very breathy voice, right? And it was like, what if you could have everything that you've ever wanted, right? And then it's like a video of a lady swimming in this like luxurious pool and like getting out of her luxurious pool with her long hair and her white bathing suit or whatever. And then it's like, what if all you have to do is think correctly, you know? <laughs> and it was like, oh my God, I could think correctly, like, right? Now, thinking correctly is like, Oh, my God. Such a very um, deep and just big sentence unto itself. If you can align your thoughts to be in a better place, the premise is that you can attract a better external reality for yourself. In many ways, this is accurate. But in many ways, there's some misunderstanding. So let's talk about it. With the law of attraction, the first a most important and significant place that people go wrong is in thinking that their thoughts are creating things. And literally the secret told you to think that it's not your fault, but the secret was incorrect. And I will officially say a statement like that. <clears throat> yes, our thoughts contribute to creating our reality. And yes, if we can get our thoughts right, our external worlds will shift. But it's not because our thoughts have shifted. See, what's actually attracting things to you is not your thoughts or your emotions. It's your energy. Now, what does that mean? Because like everywhere right now, there are all these people on like TikTok and Instagram and all the places and they're talking about energy and energy is this word, but like, does anyone understand energy? Like, does anybody understand what it means? Get your energy right. Like just align your energy, vibrate at a specific energy and you'll be fine. Okay, but what are you talking about? I'm gonna explain it because I think that there is like, I think there's so much misunderstanding. Your energy is the vibrational resonance, the footprint of you. So if you ever knew a person that had like a signature perfume, and oh my God, can we just talk for a second about how much I love somebody that has like a signature scent about themselves? Because it's like so subtly like magical. Um, if you've ever known somebody that has like a signature scent or like a perfume about themselves, that is a great representation of what I mean when I say your energy, because it's like this essence that hangs around the air that resonates at the vibration of that person. Like their perfume is like them and like this intangible lingering kind of form, right? Your energy is that fingerprint of you. It's that certain flavor that you have about yourself, your energy doesn't change. And so when you incarnate from body to body and from identity to identity, your energy remains the same. And even going back to what I said a few minutes ago, where it's like, think about how many lifetimes you've lived in this one life. You have 
shown up differently to your life throughout the course of it and throughout the course of all the stuff that has happened to you. But it's always been you. It's always had that essential innate you quality about yourself. And, you know, I don't know if you did this when you were in like middle school, but like I used to sit and like practice my signature until I had a signature that I liked. One thing that allows handwriting analysis to be a real thing is like that we all essentially have the same handwriting. Like throughout our whole life, like our handwriting stays essentially the same. It matches us. That's your energy. Your energy is your handwriting. Your energy is that you quality of things. And one of the first steps, by the way, to self-work is to learn to like that signature. It's to learn to love that footprint. It's to learn to be like, this feels like me. And I love it because of that. Because we are somehow and for some reason taught to not love the things that feel like ourselves to ourselves. Because like self-hatred is like for some reason a part of the matrix of like growing up in this reality right now, which sucks. I hope that if there's any people like 50 years in the future that ever listen to this, they're like, God, that had to be terrible. Yeah, people in the future, it was terrible. It was terrible to like hate ourselves from a default and to not be like radically okay with ourselves as the default. Do you understand how much self-work we have to do just to like be okay? Side rant and rant. Okay. So your energy is that footprint. It's that lingering perfume. It's your handwriting. It's the subtlety. And all of those things are metaphors. Like your handwriting is not actually your energy, but I'm saying it's like that thing that is innate about you that doesn't change. The way that your eyes have a certain look inside of them. You know how if you've ever had a dream and you're like, yeah, so I had this dream and you were there, but you weren't you, but I knew it was you. That part, that's your energy. Okay, so... Because we live in this world of duality, our energy is inherently solid and non-changing and ever-present. And it's malleable. Because as we do self-work, what we're doing is we're allowing our innate sense of self to exist more and more. And to be more and more present up on the surface of who we are. See, what we're really doing here is we're stripping away everything that doesn't match us so that we can radiate at the vibration of ourselves so we can be our energy. Now, our energy is comprised of certain fundamental beliefs that we hold to be true. So your energy is the foundation of your house. It's like the basement. It's like down there. Your, Your core beliefs are like the first level of the house, okay? The things that you really intrinsically believe to be true are that first level. And what happens on the first level of a house? Well, that's where the door is. That's where people can come and go. That's where the movement happens. That's where we make our food. That's where we sit and eat. It's where we play with our kids. It's where we have most of like life happening your emotions and your thoughts are the second level of your house they're up above that first level they're up there we have our dreams happening up there we have our resting time happening up there we take our showers and our baths we do some self-care up in our emotional thought level 
we interact with our family in a more personal way, tucking babies in, singing goodnight stories. We tend to ourselves, we dress ourselves, we think about our deeper thoughts. So with this structure happening, the foundation is set. That's who you, that's who you are, that's your flavor. The core beliefs, that first floor, they're a little malleable. They're comprised of the foundation at the bottom and the thoughts and the emotions from above. The core beliefs is what is attracting. The core belief is what is drawing to and from. The core belief is what is the law of attraction. That's where it is. But the secret or whoever's out there now, it's teaching us that it's the second floor. It's teaching us that it's our thoughts and our feelings. And that is incorrect. Our thoughts and our feelings are transient. Your emotions can change on a whim. Ever been in a bad mood and then heard your favorite song and now you feel better? Your bad mood is not permanent. Ever been in a good mood and seen something disgusting and now you're in a bad mood? Your thoughts and feelings are not permanent. One of the foundational things they taught me in life coaching school the first time around and the second time around in my second program was feelings lie. Feelings can be lying liars who lie. Feelings can just be momentary. We cannot formulate our whole lives around our feelings. This is why we're supposed to like take a second if we're super mad before we speak or just because we're really excited, we're not supposed to necessarily plan a whole ass trip to somewhere. Like this is why we're supposed to process things and take a moment and sit where we allow the immediate vibrancy of an emotion to sit still where we find out, okay, is this more of a belief? Is this more of a core thing? Or is this my emotion that's transient in the moment? And people who operate from their thoughts and their feelings only tend to have issues because during a whim or in a second when they're really convincing themselves, they could change the whole trajectory of something they've been working on for a long time. But knowing that your feelings are emotions that are just momentary, they're flashes in the pan, they're, they're snacks, not meals, right? Knowing that can let you give yourself some grace to have some space around making decisions. But what's actually attracting things to our lives is our core beliefs, which are anchored upon our energy. And so even though everyone's saying your energy is what attracts or your energy is this or your energy is that, I, I want to be clear, like the thing that is attracting through the law of attraction can change. And it changes through introspection and figuring out who you are and getting in touch with your higher self and getting in touch with that like ever-present, all-knowing version of your soul who can see the big picture at all times. Because what's happening in the basement, that's your soul. It's down, you know, and you have heard me talk about this where people think that ascension is like this like floating up into the skies kind of experience. But in my vernacular, ascension is a deep climb down into yourself to find out who you are at the core. 
And from there you will look and you will realize you've been on the mountaintop the entire time. But I digress. <clears throat> Your energy can represent that higher self, that soul level self, that spirituality, that like big picture version of you. Your emotions and your feelings and your thoughts are really attached to the ego version of you, like the, the part of you that believes that you are only this being with this name and that it really matters what kind of car you drive or what outfit you're wearing or what designer bag you can or can't afford. But the truth is somewhere in the in-between. The truth is on that first floor between the soul and the emotions and the truth is those core values or those core beliefs, and they are malleable. So the more self-work you do, and the better you become as a person, the more that first floor of yourself gets renovated and upgraded. Maybe you get some like really nice flooring put in because you've done some self-work about your foundational stuff. Maybe you hang some really pretty artwork on the walls because you've done some self-work about allowing yourself to express yourself. Maybe you rearrange the furniture and you create these inviting spaces for people to come in and sit because you've done self-work around allowing people in and to like connect to you. Maybe you upgrade your kitchen because you've done some self-work about finding out what your soul needs to be nourished and what it feels like to give yourself what you need. Before we do our self-work, um, our core beliefs will attract whatever it is that we think we deserve because those are our core beliefs. So if we were raised to think that we were undeserving or that we're bad or that something's wrong with us or that we're not good enough, then we attract people and circumstances and situations that reinforce that because that's what's coming in and going out of that first floor of the door of the house. What's coming in is stuff that aligns with not being good enough. What I'm putting out every day when I leave my house is that I'm not good enough. Those are my core beliefs. So of course my core beliefs are a revolving door of the same energy. Energy is attracting itself. But thoughts aren't anchored in enough to attract. Feelings aren't anchored in enough to attract. They're floating around. They're up on the second floor. They're floating. It's like trying to like draw something into you with a cloud. A cloud is there. It exists. It's pretty or it's scary depending on what kind of cloud it is. But it's there. But it's not tethered to the earth, right? It floats on by. <clears throat> Literally, the wind moves the clouds. They're not tethered. A tree is tethered. A tree exists. It is powerful. It is strong. It provides us with things. It's, it's giving us gifts constantly. It's tethered. It doesn't move. I want you to be asking yourself, what beliefs am I grounded in? What beliefs are tethered? And that's where we do our self-work. Because if we can reshape our core beliefs, and they are malleable, which means they are able to be molded. If we can reshape our core beliefs, then we attract other things that match those new core beliefs. So if I have a core belief that I am never going to be good enough, 
or if I have a core belief that I just can't have abundance in my life, or if I have a core belief that I am unworthy of love, then the only things walking through my door are going to be things that align with those beliefs. This is why in a recent episode I was talking about how the greatest protection spell you can cast upon yourself is self-work. Because if I have a core belief that I am deserving of harm, then harm feels welcome in my home and it enters my door. I am creating a space of welcomeness for all of the energy that I believe to be true about myself. But the thing that's unfortunate for many of us is that we hold core beliefs that we really don't want to have. We hold core beliefs that don't match us. We hold core beliefs that don't match the life we want for ourselves. And this is why we need to do self-work and hire a life coach or a therapist or something. Watch a lot of self-work aligned TikToks. Listen to podcasts. Thank you for being here. Because if we can shift our core beliefs, then we can shift our external reality. Because the space that is wrong, the place that they got it wrong was by saying thoughts attract things. They did this like infomercial for capitalism. They were like, write yourself a check for a million dollars and send it in the mail. And I was like, wait a minute. So because their whole premise was like, we've unearthed the greatest secret of all time from the Dead Sea Scrolls and from all the wisest people who have ever lived. And then they were like, write yourself a check for a million dollars. And I'm like, so wait, you have access to like all the spiritual knowledge of everything. And the first thing you're going to do is write yourself a check for a million dollars. Like the first thing you're going to do is like manifest a BMW or like a mansion somewhere wow, our priorities are skewed. But it reminds me of that meme that's like thinking about like how historians like hundreds of years ago like had to literally like climb creaky ladders in scary old libraries to find the exact book, to read it by candlelight, to learn one particle of knowledge on something they've been like thinking about forever and meanwhile now we have a phone that will tell us literally anything we could ever want to know and all we do is like fuck around and look at memes and like laugh at like tiktok videos and cat memes and whatever the hell else we're doing it's like so like frustrating for the for the person in the night studying everything, but hilarious at the same time. So the premise that they had was like, think about a new car hard enough and you'll get a new car. Or only say positive things and only positive things will happen. <laughs> and I just like... I just, I try not to laugh because it's so absurd. It's just so absurd. But then they're like, only think about good things and never acknowledge bad things. And then you will be fine. And I'm like, this is so inaccurate. Like, it's so close to being right. But the priorities are so wrong. And I, I get why they did it. I guess they did it to sell a whole bunch of books and videos because of capitalism. So like, okay, but 
I mean, everybody wants to be like, to find out like, well, what's the secret? What's the secret to happiness? What's the secret to having everything that I secretly want? The secret is to do yourself work and to believe that it is okay for you to have all the things that you want and to allow all the things that you want to come through your door. But what do you have to do in order to be in that space of allowing? I was once working with a client and she thought she really did that she wanted love. And we, oh my God, I had this client for, for years and she was making a lot of progress in lots of areas of her life. But the one area she would always desperately want and always desperately shut down about was love. And I said to her, finally, I was like, what if the person who was perfect for you what if I'm, because I was at, actually, I was coaching her from her own house. I would like drive to her. This was like so long ago, but I did. And I was sitting in her living room and I was like, what if we heard a knock on the door right now? <clears throat> and he was standing there in his tuxedo or whatever you think is like the nicest outfit. And he was holding your favorite flowers. And he was like, I am your one true love. I said, what would you do? And she said, she looked at me for like a minute and she was like, honestly? And I said, yeah. And she said, I would shut the door in his face. (laughs) And I was like, exactly. Like, I've been knowing that about you, but I was hopeful that you would know that about you too. And she was like, but why? Why would I do that? Oh my God, but I know I would do it. I know I would shut the door in his face. And I was like, yeah, why do you think? And she was paused for a moment and she said, it's because I don't believe that I deserve to have him. And I said, bingo. We cannot have what we don't believe that we are meant for or that we're allowed to have or that we're good enough for. We cannot let it in. What are your core beliefs? This is also why your magic will fail to actually like relate this directly to witchcraft. If you don't believe that you can actually have the job that you are calling forth for yourself, you will get the jobs that will get you close to it. You will get the jobs that you do think you can have. You will get the jobs that match your core beliefs. It's not that your magic didn't work. It's that the universe provided you up to the level at which you were able to be provided. I'm going to say that one again. It is not that your magic isn't working. It is that the universe is providing to you what you yourself believe you can actually have. Meaning, I can manifest true love. And I can manifest the perfect relationship. But if I don't believe that I deserve it, the universe is going to give me as good as I can get in that moment. Now, some people think the universe is going to give me whatever lesson I need to learn possible. 
But even giving us as good as it gets in that moment is going to be a lesson unto itself because I'm still going to have to try hard to accept as good as it gets in the moment. I'm still going to have to break through some of my own limitations to allow myself to have the love that I want. Because sometimes we do this other thing where we get like this perfect thing and we nitpick it and we like stab it a bunch of times or we like provoke it into arguments until we either bring it down to our level and destroy it in some way and make it comfortable for us. Or we learn how to ascend to its level and interact with it and have it and absorb it. But either way, as good as it gets, it's still going to be a lesson. I really don't think that the universe is out here like, hmm, how can I teach this person something today? I really think that we're getting what resonates at our vibration. And if we want something at a different vibration, we have to learn how to get to that vibration first. I have to get to the level that I believe I deserve a mansion in order to manifest myself a mansion. And I don't know why that would be anybody's priority scheme, but I'm not trying to like evaluate your like values. That's fine. Whatever it is, I don't care. I literally don't care. If your number one thing is a check for a million dollars, cool. What do you have to do to believe that you can have that? Like to actually believe it, not to just have a cloud float by that says, yeah, I deserve it. No, what do you have to do to actually know that you align, it is meant for you, it matches you. What do you have to do to rearrange your core beliefs to have the thing that you want? Because remember, what you want is meant for you. If you want something, you are supposed to have it. But we have to go back and unprogram all the programs that have been uploaded into our database that says we don't deserve it, or we can't, or we shouldn't, or whatever. Whatever scarcity mindset is in there that's telling you that you don't match the thing that you want, that's where the self-work is. If you want something that is meant for you, now what do you have to do to believe that? Not just to think it hard enough. Not just to wish for it enough. Anything you wish for is a sign for you to say, like, what do I have to do to align with it? But what I don't want us to do is to be afraid to say certain words and to only say other words. Like affirmations are helpful, but they don't change our core beliefs necessarily. An affirmation is a statement in the positive present tense (laughs) that that reminds us that we are worthy or valuable or capable or it's a positivity sentence. So an affirmation is something like, um, I am beautiful and smart right? It might not be something I believe in the moment, but it's a reminder to myself that it's a thought I want to believe. So if I'm having like a really bad day, I might like repeat to myself, I am beautiful and smart. I am beautiful and smart. I am beautiful and smart. One of mine is like, I am strong and capable or like I can do hard things, right? Now, some people don't like I can do hard things because I'm focusing on the fact that it's hard and I'm creating a negative reality by saying something's hard. I don't agree. I can't get down with this. I can't get down with it. <clears throat> I can't get down with it. I can't be on board with like, if I say something bad, I'm creating something bad. No, man. I almost said no. I almost, I almost, I almost said the curse word and then I almost told y'all I almost said the curse word by saying the curse word and I'm trying so hard to do a good job. And I can't find a way to phrase it without saying it. But my point is like, no, blank. I am just narrating what's already here. I'm not creating it. 
I'm not like Gandalf the Grey. I'm not like sorcering the energy around us in this exact moment. I'm narrating. I'm acknowledging. Because if I don't talk about what's already here, if I don't say this is hard and I'm just like, this is so fine. Like I'm lying to myself. I'm diminishing my own feelings. I'm gaslighting myself. I'm burying my emotions somewhere. And when we don't express our emotions, they get buried. And now here's a thing. When you are in the habit of not being aware of your emotions and your thoughts and you swallow them, what you do is you take an emotion and usually we do this with negative emotions because we don't have a problem often expressing positive emotions unless we have a trauma bond to positive emotions, in which case they are no longer positive and they are negative. So therefore, I'm still right. If you are swallowing a negative emotion because you don't know how to exist with it, now you are anchoring a cloud Stay with me. If you are swallowing an emotion and you are not expressing it, you're not releasing it. So you're putting it in a box and you're dropping that box like a heavy weight into the bottom of a lake and it sits there. Now, why is this a problem? If we were in class right now, I would say, can anyone tell me why this is a problem? I'll tell you why it's a problem. (laughs) It's a problem because... When we anchor emotions and they're negative because those are the ones we anchor, they become our core beliefs because they get anchored. Do you see it? Are you following me? Are you here? When we anchor a negative emotion because we are willing, unwilling to express it or to release it, we are creating a core belief. We are swallowing negativity And if we do that too much, it starts to become a toxic and negative environment within ourselves. And when the upstairs is dirty and not clean and full of negativity, the dirt starts to come downstairs. When I'm piling too many boxes up in my room and I'm becoming like a hoarder and I have too much stuff, now it's starting to come down the steps. And now it's starting to clutter up my living spaces. And now it's starting to become my core belief. And in this way, emotions and thoughts can create our realities. But it's only once our emotions and thoughts have been swallowed, ignored, believed too hard, and integrated too deeply that they become our core beliefs that that is how our thoughts or emotions can eventually attract an energy. But me saying, wow, this is a hard day, does not make my day harder. It makes my day better. Because I'm releasing it, I'm hearing myself, I'm validating my experience. So I want you to sit with this. I want you to sit with this concept of the law of attraction. And I want you to say to yourself, okay, I can get on board with this. My thoughts and emotions are just little fleeting things that need to just, they're little bubbles that need to burst. We don't want to swallow them. We don't want to integrate them. We want to experience them and then move past them and know that they are momentary and fleeting. And we want to spruce up our core beliefs so that the emotions and the thoughts that get created from our core beliefs are more positive in general anyway, and we're having a better experience. But if we understand that our core beliefs are what is attracting the world around us, then we can get to it. Then there is a pathway then there is clarity because if, because if I know what I want, I get to say, what are all the barriers between me knowing this 
knowing that I want it and therefore it's meant for me, which is guaranteed success, by the way. BT dubs, if you want something and it's meant for you, that is guaranteed success. People are so often up in my business saying to me, I'm scared to try because what if I fail? You will not fail provided that you keep going. It's meant for you. So if I want something and it's meant for me, okay, all I have to do is figure out now what do I have limitations around? Where am I in a state of self-harm or stepping away from myself or not being in alignment? Because if I want it and it's meant for me, that would be alignment. So how am I not aligning? How do my beliefs not back me up? How do my beliefs not support the infrastructure? How do my beliefs keep me separated from myself rather than conjoined with myself? Because if I was conjoined with myself, I would have all the things that I want, whether that's a mansion or just happiness, which is kind of what I would go for. Contentment, love, connection, true connection with people, service to the collective, Whatever the things are, how can you find out who you are, what are your core beliefs, and alter those so that you are law of attracting your way into like eternal joy and positivity and the life that you want and all the things that are meant for you. Because that's the truth about how the law of attraction works. And I hope that this was helpful because... It's a really complicated thing to explain, but once we get it, oh my gosh, it's like a game changer. All right, <clears throat> I have to go, but it's been a pleasure speaking with y'all today. Find me on Instagram, Moonstone underscore witchery. Find me in my Facebook group, which is the awesomest group on Facebook, um, Moonstone Witchery there. Find me on my podcast here. I'm on TikTok. I am every fucking place. Oh, there, there was my one my one swear word for the episode and you can head over to um my website moonstonewitchery.com we have tons of crystals we have a witchy subscription box it is like the cheapest witchy subscriptions box you're gonna find that gets you like the most stuff i have a crystal of the month that is my little heart's love and i would love to see you in the academy where i am teaching all of the things my students are right now learning how to connect to their spirit guides um, and I would love to have you there too. So I will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening.